0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Reliability Game podcast. And you'll
1: see us now in our brand new workwear. Will, I love this workwear. Do you It's really good. I'm really glad we managed to we've we've consolidated everything. We've got a standard together and it's just it's really nice. I just it's very I
0: know. I think I said to you tonight, image is everything. So mm. if you guys got watching via YouTube right now, you'll see us. Um again, we've been away for a while. We've had a lot of changes in our business. Um I'd say for the better in terms of where we're going. But, you know, sometimes the thing is about running a business, it's a roller coaster. It genuinely just, you just don't know, like from one day to the other, your whole business outlook can change. And you know we've we're we're doing great. I'm not. It's it's nothing bad, but it's just we've had a few personnel changes and mm. a few pivots and stuff like that. So again, we've had to kind of really kind of jump back in. And I did yeah. say on the last podcast that I want to do this every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to say how often they're going to come now. So when they come, they come, they come. Yeah. Um. But it's just yeah. It's it's just we've had we've had a lot to kind of to deal with, but. We just said we want to come back and talk about some some resonance, didn't we? We want to talk about some vibration things again, you know.
1: Get back to the roots, get back to where we're coming from. And I think, like, talking on your point, I'm reading this book at the moment that I think you'll really like. And it just, you realise that in life and in business, you're really not in control of a lot. And, (laughs) (laughs) like, no matter how good we're doing or what we intend to do, something comes in that we can't control and, and just... That's
0: the thing. I think, you know, being a business owner and having sanity, right? Or, you know, having having the ability to be able to just live your life without that constant oh, what's around the corner is just to accept the fact that we don't have control of what happens and we don't really know what's going to happen next. But you know what? As long as we're in the present moment right now and exactly. you're doing all you can to help your customers and, and grow your business and, and be able to give as much value as possible and as much insight, then that's all you can actually that's do. It. Do you know what I mean? And I think since I've started to have that outlook on life, my anxiety and my mental health has improved massively because it's really difficult, especially when you're looking after you know a team of people mm. you know, and you're responsible for, you know, essentially for everyone's, kind of well-being to a degree in terms of what you're doing it it can can get on top of you but I think sometimes it's just to let go a little bit and just to be able to say do you know what as long as I'm doing everything I can right now then the rest will be able to take care of itself as the universe says so resonance yeah We've had so many, like, like what we'll do, we'll talk generally on it, but we've had quite a few experiences that we'll talk with Mm. as well. I mean, we can't name any customer names um, for for NDA reasons, but there's a few applications that I think, God, we've had some really, really
1: interesting cases and some really easy fixes to problems that... And hard fixes too, some really complex issues. I suppose as well, it's probably worth mentioning, obviously we're going to have people listening that may have an understanding of resonance, but if you're an engineering manager or you've got a plant, what sort of equipment, Will, can they expect to see these problems with?
0: Well, in terms of looking at, say, a plant, you can you can get problems with pipe work, you can get problems with motors, yeah. fans being a, a big one, you know, okay. g- generally quite a lot of mass on, on a fan that, that will rotate in natural frequencies with fans can be in critical speeds is, is very common because fans in a process environment will run at different speeds or ramp up and ramp down due to processes, which can interfere with critical speeds. Um, Gearboxes as well. Yeah. yeah, a lot of oh, people yeah, don't, we don't see one, it. Yeah we? yeah, we had a lot of... We had an we issue with a, with a very big gearbox, actually. So, you know, gear gear resonance is, is, is a big one as well. And then when that happens, it can get really scary. You know, you, you, mm, you yeah. see, I think, the particular case that Will go over, um, you know, that me and Will were working on about two years ago, was the highest reading I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> it, like... It was the I, I, highest... Yeah, it was
0: literally <laughs> like, no, this is definitely like clear-cut <laughs> spectrum. Nice definite peak but it was just the scale in that kind of like made Thruous. my yeah made, made me feel a little bit sick and when I was on the when I was on the vessel as well <laughs> the reading made me feel sick the actual the vessel yeah. didn't but um yeah it, it, you know when you see these things I think with resonance as well the identification is quite easy to know because you'll 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 just feel like oh my god this is a little bit, mm. bit I crazy. suppose we
1: should probably like try and define for anyone listening what resonance is yeah of course do you want to do that? Yeah, so, go so I'll, I'll it. go for Will's just done his level three anyway. So yeah.
0: anyway, just quick, not getting off the point or anything, but Will just completed his level three. I took him through it and he's just, he's loving life now in the vibration uh-huh. world. How much insight it teaches and how that gets you to the next level of your learning is, is just incredible. And mm. when I did it, but he's obviously embraced that now and he's now on this level three journey, journey as well as uh, an engineer. So congratulations Thank on you. that, Will. Thank you. Congratulations yeah, so, on that.
1: Uh, for anyone listening, resonance. So I'll try and explain this as simply as possible. But uh, in the world that we live on, we've got structures and fans and bits of machinery. And these bits of equipment have a natural frequency uh, within them. Is that kind of how you... Yeah,
0: I-, I would say every every single object or even people have natural yeah. frequencies. Uh, and it's just
1: the makeup of that matter and how it vibrates and how it it.
0: vibrates at a certain frequency
1: a bit bit like um, I'm gonna a bit like a guitar string or a piano note you know there's set frequencies if I remember my music theory like A on a piano I think is 440 hertz that they tune the piano to don't quote me on it I don't want to get in, in in any trouble, but I think that's what it is. <laughs> We've got to take care of all the music files. Or no, that's not right. But um, that is the natural frequency of that string, and it vibrates at that frequency. Now, what a resonance is, is if we take that natural frequency, whether it's that string or whether it's a fan structure, and we excite it by something else, potentially the machine running at a similar frequency. an external force. Or an external yep. force then that vibration, that net, na- will amplify itself. It will. So you get
0: two different responses, and what happens is them two responses then start to come into phase with each other. So you get the response frequency that's not existent until you excite it, if okay. that makes sense. Then when you excite that frequency, then it starts to exist. Mm-hmm. That with the, na- with the forcing frequency, right, the two waveforms add together, and what happens when you add two waveforms together? Amplifies, gets bigger. gets bigger. And when you get to a certain point with that critical speed, when they match, you then excite the resonant frequency of that structure or object. Yeah. So you've got the response frequency, and then you've got the frequency imposing on it, which is a force and frequency. It could be a speed. It could be the motor running speed. It could be external forces, or it could be something f- externally. So if I if I actually externally vibrate the guitar string or strike it, that's the external response, then the natural frequency then takes hold and the two frequencies add together that create that resonance, what creates the guitar string to vibrate viciously that then gives the sound. So, um yeah, the two frequencies added together will create these phenomenons called resonance. And, you know, you've seen probably a lot of images like the Tacoma Bridge one is a great one from the Mobius Institute when, we, when we're when we teaching mm. the resonance. and You just see the bridge... Like twisting. literally twisting and flexing you, the second um, mode of
1: resonance as well. If you well. YouTube the Tacoma Bridge, there's lots of uh, content that you guys can go and have a look at. Definitely, yeah. And then one, one of
0: the methods that we do use to be able to detect resonance is um, bump testing and we can use um, run up coast downs as well. And usually what you'll find when you are going for a resonance is 180 degrees shift between the forcing frequency and the response frequency. So when you start to get into phase, into the middle part, that's why you get a higher vibration. And this is when you start moving away from the critical speed, for example, with a fan, it starts to vibrate less because the phase is actually then Not in phase, it's starting to move out of phase with the response frequency, Mm -hmm. and as you move out of phase, the response frequency really dampens.
1: Okay, and I suppose for anyone listening, like this vibration when it starts going into resonance can be extremely catastrophic, can't it?
0: Oh, yeah, it can destroy machines. So when you do get this circumstance or this scenario. And what usually happens is something changes with the machine. So usually some form of maintenance has happened on the machine. Someone has tightened a bolt or something like that, or someone's actually altered the structure of the machine. Because how we actually alter the natural frequency of an object or a machine is either to be able to add more stiffness to that structure or add, to add mass.
1: Yeah. And I think a great like analogy to look at that is as you move up on a guitar, the... Strings get thicker. There's yeah. more mass on them, so the frequ- yeah. the note has changed. The frequency changed, and then equally so, if you want to change that string's natural frequency as well, you would also tighten tighten the,
0: up, which is um, stiffness. stiffness. So that that's um what we got. So as we actually um increase the stiffness of the machine, right, the natural frequency moves up. Okay. Yep. And as we add mass to a machine, it actually moves down. So you've got this phenomenon of adding mass and stiffness. And then you've got something else called damping. So damping doesn't actually change the natural frequency of where it sits on the frequency scale. Just, it just it just soothes what they call Q factor, which is the resonance factor of how much it will vibrate when them two okay. frequencies get into response with each other. So it will just dampen the actual frequency because some scenarios is really difficult to be able to change the natural frequency mm. depending on what we're looking at. There's
1: some really cool um, stuff we did in Cat 3 on mass dampers in buildings. Oh, and stuff gosh, like yeah. Like I
0: mean, you see these huge dampers in some of these. Um, Taipei
1: 101 is a big one, I think. That's yeah. has got a big str-
0: one in big there. Big old str- Yeah, and, and, and in the top of these buildings, these huge masses that are suspended on these kind of springs. And it's just like the engineering that's involved. in them. Imagine, like, you know, Designing that,
1: yeah. i <laughs> be responsible for I, that—that's I I, that, I uh, crazy. A video the other day, and it was uh, a big tower that was built in Central Park, New York. And it's a big residential. It was like a two hundred and fifty million pound apartment. Wow. And at the top, though, they went up and they showed this mass damper. I kind of got a bit excited, and Judith, my my wife, was like, <laughs> what, what, what? "Yeah, we
0: went over <laughs> that level three, <fridge>, Judith." Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, really interesting. But in terms of Resonance, Well, you mentioned the fact? Obviously, usually it's a mechanical change, like a maintenance-induced things. But what other things can cause resonance?
0: Uh, well, I think anything that is there's potential to change the mass of that structure or change the stiffness. Because you have to you have to think why does resonance actually come into play after it's been okay? Mm. It's because the force and frequency of a motor or whatever's running is not matching the natural response frequency, right? And there has to be a change within that response frequency for it to be matched or, or come yeah. into play, or the process has changed. So that means the force and frequency that is imposed onto the machine would have changed because of a process that's not usually yeah. there. And that's quite rare, to be honest, because generally machines will have a set process of how they run with a function. And that the, the process generally wouldn't change. But what you can get is external forces like... Pump cavitation or or things like that that potentially could come into play yeah, that yeah. weren't there before that can then change the force and frequency. So you have to think of it as the force and frequency and the natural frequency. Is there anything that can change the force and frequency so it then matches the natural? Or is there anything that can change from the natural frequency, the stiffness or the mass of that structure, mm. then can can meet the force and frequency change? So when we're looking at especially fans, I mean, this is critically important for fans as well, because fans, a lot of fans, especially in the malt industry, I mean, we've got a lot of malt customers, and we've seen a lot of resonance issues with this as well, where... What you'll have through the kilning process is different stages of di- of different heat or, or airflow that requires the, the kilning process to be able to create a product. So what, what they'll do is restrict the airflow, which they'll restrict the speed of the fan on certain stages of where the fan goes. So a fan could potentially be running from 30% all the way up to 100, depending yeah, yeah. on on what part of the kilning process they're in. Um all the kilner is going to get at me now and say, no, that's not right. It's just an example. So if we are, yeah, just 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 basis on example. So say, for example, you, you and, and every single fan as well has critical speeds. So
1: I suppose, you know, you use the malt industry as an example, and we've seen this quite a bit. You've got this process requires the fan to run at various different speeds. Obviously, design is quite important then when it comes to fans.
0: It's, it's hugely important. And we've even dealt with <laughs> a lot of scenarios. <laughs> it's the reason I brought it up. <laughs> yeah, we got to be, a little, you know, end of the day. we're not going to name any names. But this is purely in the basis of just being to educate people in terms yeah. of understanding why the design process And is so for important. anyone
1: that ha- looks after maintenance or is in the, pr- in the works of projects and stuff like that, it's, it's something that should definitely be in the back of your mind. If you're putting in a new fan or you're involved with the project with installing a new plant that, you know, might have a bit of equipment. Understanding the fact that resonance is something that must be considered in that process, oh,
0: oh, hugely. And again, I think a lot of the time where you're looking at these type of processes, especially when you're looking at AHUs as well, because AHUs will, again, depending on what airflow is required, sh-
1: not very stiff structures. In, are they inherently so that no.
0: They're not. And again, when it comes down to that, it's, it's understanding where the natural frequencies are. So, you know, finite element analysis is another technique that is used in terms of software programs. From the design stage. From the design yeah. po- point of view to understand exactly what the natural frequencies could be and kind
1: of trying to simulate the force and frequencies as well. I think that's quite important to mention is that we can't eradicate uh, like, it's so natural it's, it's natural this is yeah. this is laws of
0: nature this is what I love about engineering it's about you know the laws of nature will never be changed right we have to abide by these laws same as laws of electricity we can harness electricity right and we can safely use it. and look what we've done this civilization with electricity in terms of from the, from the initial dark ages to where we are now and yeah. even understanding it existed look how we've harnessed this this beautiful natural kind of you know element to life and how we've harnessed it into it. even this podcast right now and how we're recording on computers and how we've harnessed it is amazing but it's the same with the natural laws of resonance right we don't want to mess with this so we have to be really aware of it does exist and we can't change it yeah. we have to work around it we have to harness it so the idea is of using these tests and you know taking this seriously as well because because sometimes if we don't the actual implications can be so catastrophic I mean we've We've seen like failures completely er- eradicate machines in terms of mm. the, the destruction it can cause. Quite scary,
1: like when we were it on that scary. vessel. Like we were like, "Is this real? What we're it seeing?" Is
0: and you know we could even when we was on the vessel, we could feel it. It was a you could hear it. It was a it was a horrible mm. pitch. It was a horrible tone. And when you compared that to the other engines on the vessel, you knew there was a problem. You knew that something mm. was up. And when you've got you know machinery that's big and is traveling at extremely high speeds, right? you know it's a health and safety problem as well you know it's a yeah. health and safety issue in terms of what we're doing because when we're on these plants you've got these fans uh, rotating potentially at 3000 rpm huge masses that are rotating at such high speeds like you know the implication of if you do meet a resonance scenario that fan will fail very quickly and it won't be able to be detected quick enough to be able to be rectified if there is a, a, a sudden change sure. in, yeah. in 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 that structure or a sudden change in that frequency. So the design stage, as we were talking, is so important to make sure that we design out any of these problems before they become issues. That bef- That's before even we can detect it, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because
1: like we did this in uh, ARP, like when it comes down to the design stage, you know, doing these checks, doing these things like FMEA, You know, they are going to cost more than if you weren't to do them. But as you move out of the design stage and into the implementation and commissioning, when you start finding these problems, the actual cost to rectify them oh, out of design stage it? becomes even more.
0: But that's the thing, isn't it? Like, again, I was having a good discussion at uh, one of my biogas sites with the plant managers there yesterday. And we're kind of on a mission at the minute to really try to change the culture of the whole company. I mean, he, he loves what we do and he's kind of trying to get us on all of the sites. But it was almost trying to have this discussion at one of the sites that they've literally just built. They're literally just brand new. Is this the one
1: local to where I am? Yeah,
0: very local to where you are. And, you know, the conversations about the fact that they're not even going to grid yet because of initial installation issues and problems that, do you know what I mean? If we're rectified, they would be literally running now. Do you know what I mean? I
1: think design and installation is, you know, definitely another topic for another podcast, but it's it's such problem. Compliance
0: testing as well. We can go over that acceptance testing as well. And this is where we can really help because a lot of companies will accept things on the basis. Oh, it's brand new without the the tests done on them. And then if we can identify these problems well before they're there, it just saves so many problems down the long run because essentially as well, if you have an acceptance testing kind of procedure, it allows you to be able to cover yourself when something isn't designed right. And I'm telling
1: you guys things... You know, it's quite common <laughs> that yeah. things are not designed correctly. I mean, the, the like... one that we had uh, with the AHUs, you know, this was we were talking about resonance problems and laser alignment and belt alignment, and we were talking with these issues directly with the fan manufacturer who didn't do FMEA, who didn't understand resonance, who didn't do laser alignment. They didn't
0: even vibration test these assets when they left the factory. And this is this is where... I don't know. I don't it's know whether. due diligence um, with your supplier. I think so, but I think I, I'm a little bit shocked sometimes. Because so I think I was mm. usually on the assumption that these things were done.
1: Yes, I, I was. You as know, well. and, and then
0: when I found out that these things are not even being considered, I'm like, what?
1: what why? Why? At, at, at the manufacturing stage as well.
0: Yeah. so I think there's a level of awareness there, and it's not pointing the finger at anyone. It's just trying to say, well, how do we make industry more reliable? And that yeah. way, does, at the end of the day, it all starts at design. Yeah. Right. If design can be done correctly, then we don't have to intervene and do a lot of these things along the way. We don't even need to conduct the root cause analysis of why because it was all I in think, the design.
1: I think when we look at like lots, you know, a good seventy percent of the problems we come across on a daily basis, it falls back to oh that was poorly designed or that was or installed. poorly
0: installed wrong. Yeah. Or they didn't think about how they're going to mount this thing, and you know, even even you look at majority of motors that are mounted in the plant, right, and you see how flimsy they are and how yeah. flexible they are. Do you know what I mean? This is another cause for, for a lot of resonance issues as well because, you know, even the fact that tightening four four bolts down mm.
1: can't be done correctly and, is, is a huge problem. And I think like, I don't think we're going to change design and installation anytime soon. No, but what way. that's, it, that's what, a
0: long game. There. What
1: the, hopefully this does is anyone listening who manages projects or manages a plant maintenance or anything like that has the thought processes of I need to ask these questions when I'm getting something new installed or have we considered resonance or how are you mitigating that yeah, with your and
0: suppliers? Have, what experiences have you got in the plant? Because I guarantee that there's somewhere, every single plant we go to, it's like, oh God, when, when this particular piece of pipework is always shaking or vibrating mm. this way. And the fact is that a lot of these things don't get rectified until they fail. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, quite clearly there's issues with these particular problems or resonances on site. And if you have an asset that is, you know, vibrating a hell of a lot more then all the other identical assets, there, there's some resonance problem somewhere within that particular
1: and, plant. And the nice thing with resonance, without getting too technical, it, it happens at usually lower frequencies, yeah. usually. And so if you have got assets, you, you're going to feel the vibration. You're going to fit like if you're sit, if you're in a building, you can feel the floor in your office shaking. Yeah. Something's, <laughs> Something's something probably resonating. resonate out there exactly.
0: <laughs> so I think it's about a identifying if there is resonance and if you know to be able to do that you need to have some form of condition or vibration testing anyway to identify there is a problem or you know, generally, you'll know about it if it's a bad resonance, or you may not. Because if you've got hundreds of assets on site, and you're not able to be able to, to check every single asset, or you haven't got routine PPM inspections where someone checks these things, mm. you may have these issues or problems happening, you know, without you even really knowing. And, and when that is the case, then these things will fail before yeah. you know about them as well. So, having a good routine, you know, condition based maintenance, you know, practice is, is key. And then when you do find issues or problems. It's not assuming that them issues and problems are imbalance or looseness. It's then doing the actual checks that allow us to be able to identify a resonance issue and problem without having to then rectify all of these things then to realize, oh, it's a resonance problem. So the idea is, you know, when we go anywhere and we do see excessive vibration, there's certain key indicators to look out for to yeah. understand there is a resonance issue as well. So the things that we do really want to look out for is really high vibration and one axis. OK, so resonance is very directional usually you won't see high vibration all three planes when you're seeing a form of resonance you'll see extremely high resonance in one direction and and fairly low in the others that's a real good indicator of potential Mm. resonance issue obviously High one times is where you'll find the resonance because usually what the critical speed is usually running speed related. Yeah, it's usually the running speed that is 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 then obviously coinciding with that response frequency. Mm. So
1: that can be also a really good test as well. Like if you are suspecting a resonance, you don't have lots of complex vibration analysis equipment. What you can do is. Usually, it's to do with the one x and so or the running speed of the machine. So because resonance is directly related to that, if you turn the machine off, that vibration should dissipate very quickly very, very fast. yeah compared yeah. to say an Good imbalance point, where the mass is always there. there's always an imbalance as it runs down, the vibration is slowly yeah, it, remember with
0: imbalance, speed is proportional to vibration. so it's linear. so, if you've got a slight imbalance, even at lower speeds, you should feel that one time just going around. It'd be yeah. a slower rate, but you'll see that vibration. Usually, what you'll find with with a resonant scenario is it'll be the machine will be fine up to like seventy percent. It'll be running sweet as a nut. Then, as soon as you get to a, a certain frequency, which is obviously the response frequency, resonating with the critical, it will start shaking crazy. And you'll be like, "Whoa!" And you'll notice that as well through all fans that ramp up because every fan will have a critical natural yep. speed. And, you know, you'll you'll be going through different modes of resonance as well. As it and, ramps up to its speed, yeah. Yeah, there's different modes of resonance as well. That's kind of getting a bit more technical. But when, when we're looking at, you know, critical speeds, you'll get through a first critical, you'll get through a second critical, and generally you'll then start to get to your running point of your machine depending on... On how fast that fan is moving, whether that is, and the idea is at the design stage, the fan manufacturers should be understanding where you wanna that run fan, the fan should be running at, and then understand where they should stiffen the structure to ensure that the first and, second and critical, second critical speeds are nowhere near well twenty percent away from any critical speed is is the standard. So to speak, as well. So again, again, if that hasn't been done, and there's a random element of oh, I don't really know, then mm. you're quite likely to be potentially running at a resonance speed, which is then going to cause your machine to to vibrate and yeah. fail a lot quicker than than it should do. And that's all a part of reliability again, as well, isn't it? It's it's, it's understanding that it exists and trying to make sure that your machines run as smooth as possible. Do you know what I mean? And I think this is the thing as well, even trying to get to trim balancing and get your get your fans operating as low as possible. Like this is this is something that I didn't really consider when I first started, and it was a bit like, oh, well, it's not vibrating too badly. But it's the idea of, okay, well, are we actually improving reliability here? Mm. Or are we not? And it all depends on... The ethos on site because sometimes you know it's great to have that reliability mindset but if you're at a site that has
1: yeah, and you're a million problems
0: do they really want to trim balance a fan down to five millimetres per second to one, for example. That's the least of their concern. So it's got to be proportional to the problems that you have on site. But again, if we are reliability engineers, we've always got to have that view to improve machinery. So it's always really and difficult it's taking, to...
1: It's just taking steps at a time rather than trying to do yeah. everything at once. I yes.
0: mean, that's, that's I think, when we first started, mm-hmm. we, we probably tried to take customers... Too and, much. <laughs> on a, a space mountain, like from 0 to 100, you know, very quickly. It's because we, we love what we do, and we're passionate, and we see... See the mm-hmm. end goal, but now I think we've 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 learned massively that you have to approach it so differently depending on who you're dealing with. Because you know a lot of the guys I think as well, engineers. Of course, they want a reliable plant, but it's just it's yeah. just they've got other concerns and priorities at that point, And how can we help them with them priorities yeah, but as well? I
1: suppose to round it all off, I guess resonance though is a high priority.
0: It's, it's huge, it's massive. So whenever you do have a resonance, it's like it has to be solved. Straight away. So, when when looking for resonance, so I got off point there a little bit. Like, please bear with us because we do go <laughs> on tangents. God. So, when when looking for resonance as well, um, we're looking for a really high vibration in one direction. Yep. Usually, find resonance is very directional. Okay. As well, what we are looking for is extreme increases of vibration over small areas of speed increases. So, you're looking at that huge ramp up over small periods of time you're looking for machines as that 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 seem to be fine at certain processes Then other processes you're getting really high vibration really high vibration responses as well so yeah anything
1: else to add on that will in terms of um what I, we're trying to find i think that covers the most uh, common things that we look for obviously there's other more complex resonances but i think for anyone that's got a bit of a oh we've got that machine that gives us a few problems those are the points to go look for to see if it potentially might be a resonance.
0: So let me try to test Will's level three knowledge. Oh now. gosh, here we go. Put him on the spot. So if we are VA engineers, not yep. just normal engineers, how do what tests can we do to be able to detect resonance?
1: So. Um, as VA engineers, uh, the most common test that we usually employ for to confirm for a resonance is a run up coast down yeah. with a TACO. We want to use that to get a phase reference to understand that when we go through a critical speed, are we getting a 180 degree phase shift? Of course. That, yeah. That's what we like to use. A good test for guys that don't have that equipment is like we said earlier, you know cut the speed, see if the vibration disappears very quickly. But once we've confirmed that we have got a resonance, we can then go to bump testing to try work out what part of the structure may be resonating. Usually it's structural, but with the gearbox, it was a gear, wasn't it? It was actual
0: gear, yeah, exactly. So again, that's another thing. With the TACO and obviously the run-up coast down is is really, really good test to confirm it because when you go through that response, basically the response frequency and the critical speed or resonance or force and frequency, they will match and be in phase. But as you go through that it period, will it will lag, yeah. then it will lead, and it will go through that 180-degree shift. And basically what we're doing is with the TACO is just measuring the relative – well, not the relative, the absolute phase difference between that them two signals, yeah. if that makes sense. And when we go through that, that's a complete confirmation. But sometimes – you'll get machines that ramp so quickly yeah. or shot off so quickly, that's really difficult to be able to capture that actual resonance scenario between the two. So that can be a really difficult scenario as well. And we've had instances where we've not been actually been able to even capture it because so how quick. quick it stops or how, how quick it, it ramps up if it's mm-hmm. not an inverter, it's very difficult to get them events in as well. So another thing, obviously, just to add a few points on the bump test, bump testing is really, really good. And all we're doing is putting a force in frequency, hitting something and seeing what the response is. And all the responses is that machine vibrating at its natural frequency.
1: We're hitting it with a special hammer, essentially, that connects to the analyzer. And when we do that, we're able to inject frequencies at all the frequency range.
0: Yeah, and then we're basically here looking to see what the response is across a frequency range. And that response will allow us to understand... How was that machine vibrating from that response at its natural frequency? So once we've taken that natural frequency, we can have a look at the force and frequencies imposed on it, whether that's running speed or, yeah. or, or rotational frequencies, and we're able to then see, do they coincide or do they not? So that's another method as well. And...
1: Um, to think of any other tests that can be done that we do. I mean, there are other things that you can do, like bump testing when it's offline and stuff like that. You can. Of, yeah, we've, we've, we've never really done online, least, sorry.
0: We've never really done that type of. Thing. I think it's called there uh, This it's it's like reverse bump testing when the machine yeah. is running, and then you can kind of do tests. But we've never really been in the scenarios we've I done. I think them they're tests. the
1: two core tests that we would want to try and do if we were looking for a resonance. Hundred percent, hundred
0: percent. But again. Not we haven't always got the tools for these type of equipment. So, what got, yeah, you? exactly. And, and again, if you know if anyone needs any help with these issues or problems, get in touch with us because we love problem solving. I love a resonance issue. If I'm honest, like I love data collection where you've got mass data collection. But I'll be honest, when you're looking at just one machine so trying to solve a problem, and you're trying to solve exciting. it. It's really exciting as well. So guys, thank you for tuning in um, to another podcast about resonance. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, I don't know really what we're gonna go on next. I don't know. Maybe do a poll. We'll do a poll. We'll do a poll. We'll get some ideas out there. What do you guys want to hear? You let us know. Anyway, guys, thank you tuning in. And uh, yeah, hope you all have a great week. We'll catch up with you soon. Beautiful.